Just in case you didn't know, you are listening to Men of Abundance, episode 215 with Steve Schallenberger. And today we're talking about how you can become your best to live an amazing life of abundance. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on in your world today, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, where I have amazing conversations with men and a few women all over the world who are living amazing lives of abundance in their own right and somehow paying it forward to the community and in some cases the world. All of these individuals, every last one of them have if not one, multiple kick-in-the-gut moments. We bring that up, we talk about that, and we talk about their wins, their enough-is-enough moment, and many of them truly spill their heart and soul out for you in hopes that their story can somehow enhance your mindset so that you can move forward and live the life of abundance that you know you deserve. And guys, if you're loving these conversations, if you're getting something out of them, if in some way, shape, or form they are changing your life, then I assure you they will change other lives as well. But not unless they get a chance to hear these conversations. That's where you come in. You can share Men of Abundance, be abundant in your life today by paying it forward and share Men of Abundance with others. You can do that by just mentioning it to them. Do you know what a podcast is? If, you, if they have or they have not, introduce them to Men of Abundance. Maybe it'll be the very first podcast they ever listen to, and it'll start them on a whole new journey in their life. First, with just getting into podcasting, the whole idea of listening to podcasts to improve their life, and getting a chance to listen to these amazing conversations. You can share it in an email. You can share it in social media. Whatever it is you want to do. Share Men of Abundance with everyone that you come in contact with. Just tell them, either show them on their phone where how to download a podcast player. If they have iPhone, they already have one on there. Show them how to search Men of Abundance or simply send them to menofabundance.com so that they can check it out themselves. This is extremely important because, one, you want to share information. Information is only power if it's shared. But if you're just the type of person who really does not like sharing information, which I quite frankly just don't understand, but if that happens to be you, or I want to encourage you to go to iTunes or go to whatever uh, podcast player it is that you're listening to this on right now, and if you're listening on the website, then click on the iTunes button to leave a rating and review. This pushes Men of Abundance up into search engines in iTunes and in other search engines. I, for one, would greatly appreciate that, but those who are searching for these type of conversations will also appreciate it as well. They may not know who you are, but hey, when they do the search, they're going to find men of abundance, and everyone's going to win by you doing that. Now, in today's conversation, we're talking about becoming your best. Living your best life is a choice. You choose to be happy or not. This is, I know, I get it. This is hard a hard concept to grasp, especially when everything around you seems to be falling apart. 
Well, today's conversation with Steve Schallenberger and his shared resources will certainly help you be your best version that you can be today. So our feature guest today is Steve Schallenberger. Steve was raised in the San Francisco Bay Area. He's a graduate in accounting and business from Brigham Young University and the Harvard Business School. He bought, funded, and successfully ran 11 companies in four different industries. Steve is the author of the national best-selling book, Becoming Your Best, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders, and the Transformation Challenge, dedicated to helping individuals, teams, relationships, and organizations to become their best. Steve lives in Orem, Utah with his wife, his six children, and 18 grandchildren. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Steve Schallenberger. Steve, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Hey, good, Wally. It's a pleasure and privilege to be with you today. Man, I appreciate that. Where are you at in the world? In uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt Lake City. You know, I went to Salt Lake City. Goodness, man, I was a young man. But I went down there for some, um, uh, let's just say uh, it wasn't a good thing. (laughs) What we'd do is we'd go down to that area and we'd go down to the lakes and stuff like that. And then we would go into some of the... Um, you know, drive out with the boat in tow and go out to some of the casinos and hang out in the casino, then fall asleep in the truck until the guard came and woke us up and said, you can't sleep here. And that was our wake-up call to go back to the lake. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the big time, isn't it? <laughs> that was the big time, man. I don't know if times are like that anymore, but that's how it was. And we were, you know, teenagers. Let's yeah, just put it that way. So, Big glorious world out there. Indeed, absolutely it is. But, I, you know, I've got some other friends down there in, in those parts, and it is beautiful area to live. A lot of my high school friends were from there and then ended up back there, and they've, you know, just told me, God, you got to come down here and visit or come live or something, and it's just been a while. Because I'm originally from Phoenix, Arizona, so it was really close. It was easy to get over there. Yep, not far away. It's a spectacular area. I was raised in San Francisco but came here for college, and uh, just never left, got in the business, and, and uh, the mountains are spectacular, and of course, uh, it has four distinct seasons, and you have the south of the state, which is like another world with the Grand Canyon and all those parks, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely beautiful country, for sure. So, I'm, I'm sure you've got a lot to be grateful for, brother, so I'd like to always ask this question before we get too much into our conversation. What are you grateful for today? Oh, great question. Good way to start. Well, uh, first of all, just life. Uh, my wife's wonderful uncle, Ron, passed away this last week, and, and his great life and city engineer and in his 80s, just a great guy. So to be alive and, and to appreciate those that have gone before, health is wonderful. Just in this last week, found that a, uh, my cousin's husband, uh, has lymphoma that's spreading throughout his body. And another really great friend of ours, uh, Megan, uh, found out she had breast cancer and let us know. So we're, we're praying for them. And, and, uh, but to have your health is pretty amazing. Uh, so I'm really grateful for that and have energy in our family, a great family and good weather and the, live in this wonderful country. So, you know, you start thinking about this and, we're so fortunate. Those are a few things I'm grateful for today. And that is a lot to be grateful for indeed. I've had my ailments and have had similar um, 
elements like you mentioned in my family, throughout my family, and definitely so many people. We just, all of us, we really do go through times where we take it for granted until something like that pops up in our in our family that's so close to us, and we realize, wow, we really have it good, um, having, having, you know, our good health. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, so there's challenges in life, right, for all of us. Uh, but when you put them in perspective, we're going to make it through them. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's, you know, as you know, we, we get into that kick in the gut moment here shortly. And we, you know, I'm I'm sure you've got quite a few, but it is, it, it really is. Uh, we, we just get through all of them. And we think it's just the end of the world, at the, especially, you know, as we go up through teenage, adolescence and so on. You know, our perspective in these um, kick in the gut moments are a lot different you know, than, than we are as we get older. It's like, ah, you know, I used to worry a lot about that, but not so, so big of a deal these days. But what that does for folks like myself, anyway, is I try to stay humbled in that, realize that everybody's kick in the gut moment is their reality. And I try not to minimize that in the least. Yeah, indeed. That's a good observation, Wally. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you brought up family, and my goodness, you've got six children, 18 grandchildren. Wow, you've got a lot to be grateful for there and a very big family. When you talk about family, you know family. <laughs> They're the best. Yeah, um, absolutely. So the women started off early with a big lead, eight to two. Oh, and goodness. Then the guys went on a big run, and it was it's nine to nine, but we're having our 19th grandchild in August. And the women are going to surge ahead again. (laughs) Ten to nine. Go women power. (laughs) That is crazy. That is truly, truly crazy. So, Steve, how would you describe yourself? Oh, I'd say uh, upbeat and encouraging maybe. Uh, Patient, especially maybe in trials. Uh, And also facilitating or helping others. Uh, We have an ongoing uh, joke in our family that we're also very humble and we're we're so humble we're proud of it <laughs> <laughs> I love that I um, love that well we try to be sometimes hard but I would say there's another characteristic one of my favorite poems is good better best never let it rest till the good is better and the better is best so I think that describes me a lot uh, you know, it's we're always working on just trying to get a little better and, and to be the very best we can. So that's maybe one of the most important things that's part of me. That's awesome. I, I, that is a mouthful that you just said there. I'm not even going to try to repeat it. But I'll tell you this. I'll, I will write it down when I when I edit through this, and I'll write that down for sure, and I'll adopt that for myself because I absolutely love that. You know, we I talk to so many people, and – you know, when when we start talking about being better, so many people will say, well, you should be happy with where you're at. You should be happy with what you have and who you are. And I say, I agree 100%. In the Army, we have this saying, you know, improve constantly improve your foxhole. That does many things to, the, to a soldier in the field. Um, it keeps us busy. It keeps our mind occupied on, on the job at hand. So we don't sit at rest. And, and an idle mind is a dangerous thing. And so we always try to improve our foxhole. But in life, we I always try to improve myself. And I'm very content with who I am and where I'm at and the things I have on my way to becoming a better person and having more in my life. And by having more in my life, it's more, re- more relationships like this one that we're developing here. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And, you know, I've been thinking in the time building up to our interview today and knowing about your background, I want to thank you for your service to our country and to so many. Uh, it's not just the fact that you're serving, but how you're serving. Uh, that's really so impressive. So thank you. Oh, I truly appreciate that on behalf of myself and everybody else as well. You bet. So, you know, you've got just so much stuff going on. I was looking through your website and becoming your best. Where did that all come from? How did that come about? I absolutely love, you know, it's right in line with exactly what we're talking about here. No, no coincidence. Yeah, well, it really came in a natural way. I started my first company when I was 26. Uh, I had the I graduated in accounting. During the summers, I sold books uh, in different places throughout the country and started with a marketing firm and at 27 bought my first company, which was a publishing and a printing company. And within a few years, uh, we had like within, by the time I was 30, we had 700 employees and just continuing this growth. And I would have the top sales, or I'd have people come up to me and say, how can I be a top sales rep? Or how can I be a top leader or manager? And that question just really got into me. And so I decided to see if I could find some answers to that. And so I began research that ended up taking over 40 years. And what I found, and, and what I did is I, I was looking just for the answer to that question. What sets us apart high-performing individuals from everybody else? Uh, and I interviewed over 150 CEOs, uh, as well past that now, uh, hundreds of historical figures. And what I found is that these individuals, these high performers, weren't perfect, but they all had 12 things in common that they did. And that is what I put in the book, Becoming Your Best, which fortunately has become a national bestseller. And we teach the contents of those 12 principles all over the world, because as people align with those and practice them and learn how to do them, they experience the same type of results. And, and for many people, they're not unfamiliar, but it's how those come together that, that create the excellence. And so that's really how that got going. Uh, it was inspired by a need of how can I do better? And, and there is a pathway. So, so many people say, you know, I, I do want to be my best, but not sure how to get there. Well, this is a pathway and they don't have to go back and rediscover the wheel. There are things they can just consistently work on because people definitely are not born as great leaders. It's, and I know you've seen that throughout your career on both sides of it because when these 12 principles of highly successful leaders are violated, they don't do very well. It's broken relationships and organizations start going south. On the other hand, when they align with them, they build strong relationships, cultures of, of trust. They start unleashing potential within people. And I, I think by the time it's all said and done, Wally, uh, when we get to the end of our rows, that's going to be one of the things that counts most is where we able to help other people along the way. And maybe that's part of the purpose of your podcast, you know, men of abundance. Uh, so that's how it got started. Uh, it's so fun. So fortunate to be involved with this, to watch people transform their lives as they start applying them. 
Yeah, that is very much part of the purpose of why I started this whole podcast is is in part, you know, I'm not, there are so many <laughs> avenues that the, the whole podcast is actually the whole experience, quite frankly, has taken on a life of its own and went a direction I did not expect. But one of the very interesting things that I, I like that you said there was that all of those CEOs and all those leaders that you talked to, um, the one thing you said was none of them were perfect. And can you elaborate on that a little bit? The reason why I want you to do this is because we always read the book and we always get the information. And I even talk about how amazing all of these individuals are that I have an opportunity to talk to. And, you know, and I do, I bring up the kick in the gut moment. We're going to get into yours here in a minute. But it's important for men to realize that these people that you may look up to, maybe even idolize to a certain extent. And I, and I caution men on doing such things, idolizing another man. But to understand that their life isn't exactly what you think it is um, and that they have their flaws as well. No, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that the research showed is that the average uh, CEO that I interviewed had four major failures during their career, up to the time I had interviewed them. Uh, they also had had seven major successes. <laughs> so in other words, it doesn't mean they didn't get their nose bloodied and have to feel disappointment and perhaps terrible discouragement, but they overcame it. And so these were, you know, the people I interviewed, uh, many, for example, had, had divorce, had gone through a divorce. And and you know how tough that is, how over, overwhelming and demoralizing, and, and yet they rose above it to keep working on things. Just didn't mean they're perfect. They may have failed in some way. Uh, and so that's the way it is for all of us. We all know we have things to work on, but the fact we keep working on it and realize we have a course to go forward on that we can count on that produces better results, happiness, prosperity, stronger relationships, that gives us hope and, uh, and that we can make a difference as well. And what you said is just spot on. Uh, I, I've rarely met, I just can't think of anybody uh, that hasn't had challenges. Yeah. Uh, and so if, if we look at somebody and say, man, they're, everything's so rosy with them, uh, they just don't know much about that person. That's a very good point. And, and if it is truly the case that they haven't had any major adversities in their life, their time is going to come <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, and it's going to be painful for them because they've never felt that before. Um, I've, I've, I've dealt with this with teenagers that were just doing amazing things in their life. And as soon as they get through college and they realize that they're not going to get out and get that $100,000 a year job right out of college, they're going to have to settle for that $30,000 a year. It's, it's pretty, they don't take it very well. It's pretty painful for them. But the other thing is, is, you know, when I'm looking at men that I want to emulate and women for that matter, that I want to emulate or, or follow after. And when I'm in these mastermind groups, or even when I'm on, a, I used to be on a, a hiring committee, and we would look at resumes, and we would see what people's backgrounds were, and then we'd find out, you know, well, they maybe went bankrupt at one point, maybe they were even, in, they were even incarcerated at one point. My thought process has always been, you know what, that's great, because they have that learning experience that the rest of our team does not have. Um, and, and you, we learn so much from those adversities and those failures that I find them priceless. And some, some cases I find them 
better qualified <laughs> for certain positions than somebody who's got a master's degree or a doctorate and has never been through any adversity like that. Thoughts? Yeah, that's a great perspective. Absolutely. Uh, they actually help define who we are today. And when we go through the adversity, at least in my experience, I, I've become a much different person. For example, um, I, I had a serious financial setback when I was 35 with our company, uh, millions of dollars. And I had the choice, do I either walk away from this or do I work through it? Well, I chose to work through it. And it took me seven years to work through that whole thing and get back to where I was. Well, the person I was afterwards was far different from the person that I was before. I saw business differently, debt differently, uh, structure and risk levels. It's, I mean, fortunately, I've been blessed far beyond what I could have ever imagined of being where I am today versus where I was at that time. So blessed. But much of that is because of the experience I had. And so I'm a lot different today. I look at it differently. And, and I think we all are. We appreciate the good we have and how fortunate we are. Yeah, absolutely. So I wouldn't, uh, that definitely sounds like a kick in the gut moment, but if you would, share one of those kick in the gut moments with us and really make us feel that. Okay, well, I'm going to share one I've never shared. Oh, well, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm, I feel uh, privileged. Okay, this one, I, I kind of laughed. I figured, well, I know Wally, you're a good-spirited fellow, and uh, so I'm going to go back to when I was in 11th grade. <laughs> And you brought this up when you're young and growing, you know, everything is pretty, you're pretty sensitive to everything. And we had a great baseball team. I was raised in Vallejo, California, and played baseball since I was 12. And so in high school, we had a great team. I was working hard to break into the starting lineup. I was a catcher and an outfielder. And so finally, the coach started me. And midseason, we're in first place. Second place was Napa High School. They had a couple of future uh, national baseball players on that team, Billy and Bobby Buckner. They had some talented uh, players. And so I was in left field. And uh, uh, <clears throat> we were ahead three to one. And there was a man on first. And Billy Buckner got up. And it was five o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm looking straight at the sun. So, you know, I'm on the east side of the field looking into the setting sun, and, and he hits a high fly ball to left field. And I did what you're taught to do is you put your glove up into the sun if you lose the ball. And if everything works well, the ball is going to come down and land right in your glove. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, in this case, I was just two inches too low, and the ball hit me right on the top of the head and went skidding off probably about 80 feet, 90 feet behind me. I'm, I'm running full blast. By the time I get it, I throw that ball in. It is an in-the-park home run. I mean, the score is 3-3. Three to three. Oh, man, I left, left my team down and oh, tears and all of a sudden, next batter's up, and I'm thinking, okay, we're, we can do this. We can pull back. Got a great team. The ball was it was hit in left field, a line drive, and I thought I could probably get it on a shoestring catch. And so full run, I'm bending down towards the ground by my foot, and the ball hit two inches in front of my glove 
on the ground and bounced right over my head. And now here I am again running after the ball for another in the park home run. Well, by now they're ahead. I get back in position and I, you know, tears are streaming down my face and I am saying a prayer. Oh Lord, please do not let them hit this ball in left field again. (laughs) (laughs) So the next ball was, uh, it was a high pop fly into left field. I caught it and the side was retired. I had to go in and face my team and the coach, my coach. I look at him on one end of the dug out he's just shaking his head left or right like you know i can't believe what i just saw and i was up next to bat and fortunately got on base but we lost the game and uh this was a huge setback i mean this is my chance to really shine uh the next day in practice uh they called a special team meeting and they presented me with a hard hat with a glove duct tape to the top <laughs> of the hard hat <laughs> mm. Well, anyhow, so as an 11th grader, how do you recover from that? And uh, it was a kick in the gut. But you come back. You know, you keep at it and had many other wonderful baseball days. Uh, I think one of the points, by the way, Wally, is when we have tough experiences like this or things where we feel like a failure or that we really blew it, sometimes that's all we think about when we look back in history. Uh, You know, here are the bad things I did. But I was also blessed to do a lot of really good things, to win some games uh, down the stretch, to catch some huge balls. And um, so as I moved along professionally, for example, like the the kick in the gut moment, I told you the financial setback, uh, we had almost 1,000 employees at that time. I was 35, and uh, I honestly didn't know how I could come up with the money. How could I keep the company moving forward? And so many nights I'd get up at 2 a.m. and trying to figure out how to make payroll within a couple of days. And one night it, it got so bad that I, I just didn't know if I could make it. So I knelt down. Talk about be, being driven to your knees. Uh, I literally was. And I knelt down and I just said, you know, Heavenly Father, I don't know if I can do this. I'm willing to give it everything I have, but I don't know how it's going to come out. And so I just put my life in thy hands. And it was at that moment, Wally, that I just had a peace come over me, that everything would be okay. I'd work as hard as I could, and I didn't know the outcome, but it would be okay. Uh, And I went forward, and the great news is uh, that feeling has never left. and we did recover and we were better than we ever had been before. I just didn't see that. Uh, I've had some other significant setbacks, lost the sight in my left eye about four or five years ago. About the same time, got the news that my wonderful wife had dementia, early onset dementia. And so this feeling of peace has continued that, that's why we're here, is to figure out how to solve these problems and everything will be okay. And, and that we're going to find a way to get through it the best possible. This little thing we said, good, better, best, never let it rest. Till the good gets better and the better gets best is not just an idle poem. It's wonderful. 
because it helps us have an outlook on life that helps everybody get to a better place. Yeah, no, that that is absolutely correct. And, you know, um, one of the things that you said in reference to, like, for instance, with your wife and dementia and, you know, you losing your eyesight, sometimes we really can't resolve these issues. Your eyesight may or may not come back in that eye. We just have to learn how to adapt and live in that new situation. You got it. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, no more no more racquetball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And unless your opponent swears not to hit hit the ball on that side. <laughs> but you know, there's pickleball. There's tennis. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's so many other things. Yeah, and fortunately, cars these days have a lot more safety. Uh, have safety assist. You know that helps my driving. <laughs> Boy, ain't that the truth? That is a fact. The, the technology we have these days is just uh, unbelievable in that regard. So, Steve, brother, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that, man? Sure. Excellent. Hey, guys, I want to share with you my first book, No BS Business Breakthrough, How to Double Your Lead Conversions and Triple Your Revenue in Less Than 45 Minutes. This is basically the presentation that I give to a business owner when I'm first sitting down with them, getting to know them, and letting them get to know me and know a little bit about my program and how I can show them how to unlock $10,000 and more in their business in just 45 minutes. And I assure you, this is child's play. This is very easy to do. This book is primarily for business owners. However, I want to point out to you that all of the proceeds of this book are going to the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation, founded by Lieutenant Colonel Retired John J. McDaniel. This program is so amazing. It's specifically for Purple Heart recipients. And what John does is he sets up hunting and fishing excursions all over the United States and so far I believe Alaska and Mexico where they have done these excursions these hunting and fishing trips I mean just elaborate hunting and fishing trips all expenses paid for these Purple Heart recipients breathing life back into their world and giving them a sense of purpose is more than just going out and hunting they're sharing amazing life lessons with these men and women Look, I just can't say enough about this program. I can't even express it as well as they can. So go to nobsbusinessbreakthrough.com. The link is going to be in the show notes if you can't write it down right now, but nobsbusinessbreakthrough.com. Check out the book. When you buy the book, all the proceeds are going to go to Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation. And I've also included the link on that page for the wounded uh, WWIF.org so that you can go there and check them out yourselves. Watch the video on the homepage. It's going to blow your mind. And listen, if you're not a business owner, chances are you know a business owner. So buy a couple of the books. Let the proceeds go to Wounded Warriors in Action and give the book away as a gift to a couple of business owners that you know. They will greatly thank you for it because the content in this book is spectacular. It will help them in their business. I personally greatly appreciate the purchase and Wounded Warriors in Action appreciates your purchase and if you gift the book to a business owner that you know, I know for a fact they will thank you for it. Now let's get back to the conversation. So share with Men of Abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Okay, good. Well, I'll just do this couched out of some of these 12 principles, and they're broken into three different areas of life, which is transformational leadership, or four of the principles, transformational 
teams uh, and relationships, and the last is transformational living. But under transformational leadership, there's three things that highly successful leaders do, and, and it, they're always there, and that is whatever the assignment is they lead with a vision. They create a vision for the organization, for their team, and for their own life. So I would say number one is to be sure you have an inspiring vision that points to the direction in life so that when you read it, you're excited to get up in the morning. So that's the first one. The second is that a vision is the direction, but it's not the goal of what I'm gonna do this year. So having annual goals that are actually written in the framework of your role. So for example, uh, your listeners might be a, a husband or a parent, uh, it could be a brother or sister, a leader, uh, yourself, that's for sure, your own taking care of your personal life, uh, could be civic, but determine what your roles in life are, and then what's the most important thing I can do in those roles this year? And that is where magic is created. And as you sit back and reflect on the possibilities, lives just totally come alive of doing the things that really count. So that's number two. So you have a clear vision. It's what leaders do. Number two is they create a plan of how am I going to do that? And number three is a simple thing called pre-week planning. And it's just the practice of before you start your week, rather than rushing in from week to week, week to week, month to month, year to year, and not stopping and taking breath, just pause and, and just start out and say, okay, here are my roles. And we have a little space on a becoming your best organizer that you can write in seven roles. And then the next one say, what action can I take by those roles this week? that really matter most in my life, that can make a difference. And then just say, when will I do it? Well, this little practice of pausing during the weekend, 20 to 30 minutes and planning out your week is a total game changer. It transforms lives and it helps you keep balance and do the things that matter most. So I would say those three things, Wally, be sure that each has a vision that captures the things that inspire you, the direction you wanna go, that you have annual goals that are specific and uh, share them with two or three other people you really trust. Then you'll kind of have some accountability. And number three, just do pre-week planning and it will be transformational of allowing you to find balance in your life and consistently do the things that matter most. So there you go, that's uh, pay it forward. Well, yeah, that's extremely powerful. And guys, definitely go back and write that down. I think out of those three, the hardest one that I've found personally and for and for other people, for other men, is number three. Just it's, it's all about taking the action. And that, those are action steps that you have to take. It's easy to have the vision. I know what I want. It's easy to it's not as easy, but it's easier to sit down and make a plan because all I'm doing is writing it down on a piece of paper, putting it on the calendar. But then to actually take the action and do those action steps, um, those weekly steps, th that seems to be the hardest for most people. So what do you what would you say to help people get past that? Well, it is nice to have a tool. I don't want to sound self-serving, but uh, this tool, Becoming Your Best, is just an inexpensive investment. 
but it actually allows you to lead your life and create a life by design rather than living a life by default. And you're so spot on, Wally. Uh, and sometimes just having a tool to guide us along helps do that. So sometimes if you have a tool where you just say, okay, let me just fill in this space and you can start it on, on it on Friday, it only takes seconds to get going. Then you're going and uh, going through that practice is the transformational part. Whether you use an electronic organizer or paper base, this allows leadership to take place first, then the management to follow. Yeah. Uh, so that's one thing that I think could be helpful to people is to have a tool that guides them along, that makes it easier. I agree with that. I'm big on tools. And I've used and or tried many um, I like the hard copy type of tool personally, but guys, find your tool. And if that tool that uh, Steve has mentioned that he's got, get a hold of it. Even if you tried other tools before and they didn't work, this one might. You just don't know. So yeah, give thought. it a try. So, Steve, what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life? Well, I think, uh, first of all, that one that we just talked about is huge because now it, rather than being stressed all the time of just having endless tasks and feeling like a firefighter, this allows you to bring control in your life and now you have a perspective so each day when you wake up you've already given some thought about what's going to happen. So just quietly, uh, in, in the Air Force they call it chair flying, close your eyes and actually see the day happening. See crisis come and challenges but you effectively working through them uh, I love prayer, I love exercise, I do that regularly, virtually every morning, uh, and every week I'm trying to read uh, new content, uh, books, whatever I can get, and these things really help me stay invigorated. So I would say those practices, chair flying really helps, couch with those, those other things to give you some peace and focus and confidence. Yeah, absolutely love it. I'm very similar in that regard. I love to do the same thing. Speaking of reading, what would you recommend that our abundant leaders read or listen to and why? Uh, well, aside from becoming your best. <laughs> <laughs> of course that. Ah, that's a good one. And your book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I've got three everybody should be reading. If they haven't, uh, uh, then uh, they should. That is The Richest Man in Babylon. I love that book. Oh, Just I do too. Great book. Oh, it is. Uh, greatest Salesman in the World. Love that one, too. <laughs> yeah, and the last one I love, How to Win Friends and Influence People. They're just kind of timeless classics. They are. Those are those are top-notch books. But, I mean, just amazing, amazing books. And some people don't really get the whole story behind um, the, the Greatest Salesman in the World. Uh, just a deep, deep story. I absolutely love it. Yeah, fantastic. So inspiring. And, and it's the type of book that it's worth going back and and reviewing regularly. So, you know, I'll greet this day with love in my heart or I will persist until I succeed. Uh, I will live this day as if it were my last. You know, each of these, they become part of us is what happens. Yeah, I read that book for the first time and then I read it years later, not too long ago, actually, about two years ago with our mastermind group. And we did that. We we read it. We talked about it, you know, shared our points and what we were getting out of it. I love to read a book like that with a group of uh, men who forward thinkers and really like to get into it and learn it. 
Oh, and great job, Holly. That's awesome. That would be a fun practice to do. That'd be fun to do with the mastermind. Oh, absolutely. It was a good time. We did the same thing with, um, um, what was it? No, it wasn't. Uh, it was um, Think and Grow Rich. Oh, and yeah. I started to get one in How to Win Friends and Influence People, but Think and Grow Rich, that's a deep book. It takes some, It takes a couple readings to really get all of that book. Yeah, absolutely it does. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Yeah, it's not having clear clarity of what they are about, of what is their song. You know, the uh, I, I love this little quote, the best songs haven't been sung and the best races haven't been run and the best that a person can do hasn't taken place yet and and so uh, really determining the best that can still be for you the world is so wonderful and there's so much to do out there so what are some things that you can do and be in your life that excite you and then go to work and work on them absolutely i love that answer what does living a life of abundance mean to you steve yeah, it means uh, being the best you can be. It means having good relationships at the end of the whole deal of looking back and saying, I've got good relationships with my family, my friends, and that is worth more than gold. So if we live a life in a way that we've created a lot of goodness and left the world a better place than when we found it, to me, that would be living an abundant life. Mm-hmm. I love it. Absolutely love the answer. And this has been an amazing conversation, Steve. I truly appreciate your time and wisdom. We're going to close this up, but before we do, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? Well, I think we pretty well covered it. It's been a lot of fun, Wally. Uh, you're not only done such amazing service in the past, you continue to do it. Uh, you're blessing a lot of people, and I just want to be sure I I remembered to thank you for that. And and to all of your listeners uh, out there, uh, as we look around, count our blessings and realize that we still have the chance to lift and build and inspire many people around us just by trying to live good lives. If nothing else, just trying to do the best we can. And as we do that, we literally actually become a very positive influence and good things happen in many lives. So that would be it, maybe. No, that's absolutely a wonderful way to close this up. And guys, make sure you go visit becomingyourbest.com. Check out all of the information, all of the knowledge, the wisdom, the books. Just amazing, amazing website. Lots of resources for you to get a hold of. And, uh, you know, get a hold of Steve. Find out what he can do for you. At least get his book. Get the tools we talked about. And it's just going to be that much you know, get you that much closer to making your life the best life that you possibly can. Steve, again, it's been a great conversation. I truly appreciate it. Go out and live your life of abundance. And man, just keep paying it forward. I love it. All right. Good job. Same to you, Wally. And thanks to you and all the good people you're working with. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. Okay. Goodbye. All right, guys, if you've enjoyed this conversation today, like I'm sure you have, because you stuck around this long, again, make sure you share Men of Abundance with everyone you come in contact with, and go to iTunes or whatever podcast player it is that you're listening to this on, and leave a rating and review so that we can get picked up and get pushed up in the search engines when people are searching for these conversations. Now, go out and live your life of abundance. 
and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance. Oh, 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 oh,